Hello. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This week brought to you by Babel and Fast Growing Trees, more of whom later. And this week not brought to you by Stephen Robles. Your regular host is off having adventures and I'm William Gallagher sitting in for him. Sitting in for him just as Apple makes its latest big announcements about earning money. You know how this went? Time was Apple made its cash through the Mac and then through the iPhone and so on. And somewhere along the line, it introduced small services like extra iCloud storage and large ones, much larger ones like Apple Music and Apple TV+. This week, Apple has again showed the wisdom of that split between hardware and services because together they gave Apple a better third financial quarter of 2023 than expected. Between services and hardware, Apple reported a total revenue of $81.8 billion for the quarter, which is down 1% compared to this time last year. But it's also fractionally up on analysts' expectations, which had predicted $81.3 billion. Apple said that services saw an all-time record, pulling in $21.21 billion, which is some 8% more than a year ago. At the same time, though, iPhone sales were down. They were down 2% year-on-year to $39.67 billion. The iPad was down further, seeing a whole 20% drop to $5.79 billion, and the Mac was down 7% to $6.84 billion for the quarter. Joining me to discuss how Apple makes its money and also, actually, can I say it, some more interesting things about products to come, rumours in the air, all sorts of things, is Apple Insider's Wes Hilliard. Wes, hello. Hello, William. Um, is, is my connection coming through okay all the way over there across the ocean? Oh, yes. It's all the way here, all the way back to you. But what I can hear most clearly in your voice is that you were really quite worried for Apple there. You thought they might not have made as much money as they did. Right. And I think uh, Wall Street has the same problem. that They're always worried Apple's just not going to make the trillions of dollars that they always do. And uh, yeah, they're just uh, they're rolling in it proverbially. And I think think they're going to be fine. (laughs) Well, I I had a sleepless night last night. I, I don't mind telling you there at all. Yeah, okay, you just now you're just looking at me. I think we, it's an important thing to point out that actually, despite the fact that they made all this money, this is really usually Apple's quietest time of the year, but it's busiest time. It's like the very next quarter because we're heading into iPhone season and everything's going to be amazing and great and well, Apple's going to double its money. I want to I you know? make a note of that, William, because you say it's Apple's <laughs> quietest time. It used to be the, the period of time between about June and, and September would actually be just dead news the developers would be knee deep in projects apple would be quiet but it hasn't really been all that quiet has it like i feel like the year is just being jam-packed with more and more apple as time goes on it's a good point like here here we are just drowning in apple tv plus trailers and yeah uh, information about uh, lionel messi and uh sorry lionel Messi. oh football sports sports ball I just put together sport and football into one word, and I think I did it disparagingly. Yeah, you're not as the first. Well, sports tonight. ball, it's our favorite topic. Sports um, ball. All right. No, yeah, uh, let's, but yes, it, it just feels get... like everything is news now and everything is Apple, and uh, it's just slowly taking over our world more than it already has. I just find it interesting. Right. Uh, do you put, I, I'm quite keen on Apple stuff. You may have gathered this, but you put it that way, and suddenly the world seems a bit ominous apple banking Um, news apple sports news (laughs) ah well fortunately we still don't have apple card in the uk so you always have to remind you of that at least once 
yet, but for once I can think, ha, we're resisting uh, uh, Apple not trying to give us Apple Card. Anyway, um, it will be giving us Apple 15, Apple 15, the iPhone 15, the whole iPhone range, three or four models, everything great. We're all going to buy the iPhone 15 Pro, everybody excited about it, but apparently uh, Ming-Chi Kuo says, nah. Right. Well, what do you think about these analysts here? It's not only Ming-Chi Kuo, there's a couple of other people and uh, one other notable leaker uh, who is uh, unknowns21 uh, on Twitter uh, is also yeah. down on the iPhone 15 thinking this is going to be a sour year because of minimal upgrades. Well, I generally treat them the same way I do. I may from time to time predict that the Apple car is coming out next Tuesday and it will be in blue because I reckon... Um, Nobody pays any attention until I'm right. right. And then I am this amazing person who just, you know, you should pay attention to and give all your money to as well, probably. <laughs> I think that's analyst Invest logic. Invest in William, um, yes. No, yes, please. I, I find it interesting that the, it's it's almost like we, we erase our memories or somewhere around yeah. June 22nd of what happened <laughs> yes. the previous year. Because I feel like every single year we get this messaging from analysts of, it's Apple's worst year ever. They're just not ready to launch an iPhone. They're going to be behind in supply chain. They're going to the features just aren't there. They had to abandon all these cool things because they just didn't work. And this iPhone's going to be terrible, and no one's going to buy it. And iOS 17's full of bugs. Yada yada yada. And then blockbuster quarter, blockbuster quarter, record sales, uh, best iOS release ever. What's going on? And then WWDC the next year hits and they're like, wow, this this is amazing. iOS 18 just trumps iOS 17. iOS 17 was the buggiest release ever. 18 is so great. And it's like we just reset the clock every every June and uh, have the same conversations over and over again. Like we're stuck in Groundhog Day. Right. I feel like you've just given us a year's worth of news <laughs> in one go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I spoil the secret of the Apple Insider podcast? We, we had it. <laughs> uh, yes. Um Okay, so there's that, but analysts perform a useful purpose. i just not 100% sure what it is. They can take 50 words and make it into 500. They're really oh. good at that. Yes, but now we can all do that with chat GPT. Spin this out a bit longer. Yeah, okay. I believe, hmm. uh, so, so mark it in the notes now, this is going to be another iPhone year, and every year is an iPhone year. People are going to upgrade it's... who need it. It's going to sell very well, and they're going to make a lot of money. I don't think it, there's any confusion about that. Okay. I do remember, in all seriousness, I've, I've quite often heard various people from Apple saying that they, they take the long view over things. And I remember first thinking, that's just because there's been some bad news lately, hasn't there? But actually, you listen to this, you think about it, and yeah, Apple's just going to keep being Apple, and it's going to work out, and the rest of us are just going to kind of flutter around predicting one way or the other. I've just lumped us in with analysts um right so I, I i've had to write a few of these notes and the general consensus is is like the smartphone industry is declining um yeah. but every note i've seen is the cheap android handsets that sell on the 200 dollar end are declining that nobody's buying new handsets because they're they're happy with their they they bought you know a provo- pro- proverbial garbage and they're happy with their garbage they're not going to upgrade their garbage right like it's 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 just good enough it does what they need. It accesses Facebook. It accesses uh, X. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, so it, it does what they need to do, and they move on with their day. They're not they're not 
obsessed with technology they don't need the latest and greatest but then you know once you get past the five six hundred dollar price point especially in the apple's territory the premium market is selling really well but specifically iphones because apple users are buying them over and over again whether whether or not it's every year doesn't matter it's everyone's on enough of a replacement cycle that it's always apple that they're buying and android's just getting less and less replacement cycles and apple's gaining more and more adopters if i remember right uh apple hit 50 52 percent um uh of the market in uh, the united states this last quarter uh during sales because androids just keep slipping which is very interesting considering apple's always been the underdog in the united states um as far as sales goes because again they're competing with the dozens and dozens of free to $200 phones hmm. so it's the, the, it, it's a fun what's market the report to watch this week there was a market research report this week from uh, counterpoint research talking about south korea which is always interesting because that's where samsung is based and it's you know big home territory for it um i can't remember the figures for this but it's something like yeah i can 85% of people surveyed uh, all aged under 30, all living in South Korea, 85% of them said their very first smartphone ever was an Android. But 52% of them in that same survey said now they're on an iPhone. So it's like a massive switch it's, away. It's one of those things where um, may, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting older, maybe I'm not paying attention as much. But there was a time when I could tell you the primary selling points of the largest flagships available, right? I could name the... I could yeah. name the newest Samsung, say exactly what it did differently, why it was uh, this price, you know, talk about the folds, talk about the iPhones, and, and compare and contrast. And, I, and I'm paying as much attention. I write about it for now. This is back when it was just a hobby for me, but now it's part of my job to know all these things. And I'm telling you, it is getting difficult. Like, what 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 was the flagship feature of the Samsung device this year that it's got a new number on it uh, and it can take moon uh, photos that are fake, right? Like, I, I don't... It feels like yes, this the smartphone market is maturing, but at the same time, I feel like that the feature sets, the gimmicks, are becoming less and less um, useful, and I think people are starting to pay attention to that. And I think the market is showing, especially considering um, the you know global economy is on a decline, so people have less money to spend. They're they're less likely to buy something they don't feel like offers enough of an upgrade, and that goes for Apple too. But Again, for whatever reason, Apple is beating that trend. They're able to continue making sales. Until you said that about Apple too, I was thinking, does this just not mean that smartphones are over? They've done everything they possibly can, which is an amazing amount. But we're all done now. Uh, we should move on to headsets or something mm -hmm. next. No. Okay. Well, uh, well, headsets and AirTags too, apparently. Yeah, what um, Ming Shiko, who said no about uh, iPhone 15 demand, I think he's just having a mare, really, uh, because he's also anti um, Apple's AI app. He's saying, nah, we're not seeing that in 2024. Bloomberg's saying, yeah, we are. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. Uh, and somewhere along the way, I got quite a little lost in his logic here. Ming Shiko managed to link the sales of the iPhone 15 to the sales of the Vision Pro and say that along the way there will be an AirTags 2. And all I can think about since I heard that is what in the world would be different? Can you conceive of anything? Well, I, I don't even know that they would call it AirTag 2. I think they would just call it AirTag and just release a different shape that does slightly different things. Uh, this right. one uh, will would, would have a temperature sensor in it and you can put it in your room and look at it with Vision Pro or something. I, I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to conceive of here, but I think it'll just be 
more more sensors, smaller space, maybe a wallet version. Like they can just do different shapes. I don't think it's going to necessarily be like a second generation on paper, even though we might refer to it that way. Um, yeah, I, I thought it, I actually wondered about different colors, but I didn't think about different shapes. Well, yeah, I just I think the accessory solved that. I mean, I like half of my air tags I can't even see because they're behind pieces of plastic or rubber. Um, it, this isn't a device to be seen, even though Apple made it, you know, beautiful from from a technical standpoint, right? Like they they it's shiny um, aluminum on one side, uh, plastic white encasing emojis on top. Like they've they made it pleasant to look at, but at the same time, it's very easy to hide away. And I think that it will continue to be the purpose. They're not going to make an air tag that you're going to wear on your head. Um, I mean, the air tag earring, right? Uh, never lose your earrings again because it is literally a tracking device. But right. I, 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 to, to dovetail off that, because I don't think there's much to say about AirTags 2 other than they, they exist, and uh, I, there's probably going to be some component that works with Vision Pro. Again, I think this is just, it's reaching a little bit. I think um, it makes sense that anything with the U1 chip, anything that has uh, hyper-specific location information will uh, be useful to the headset because it'll have um, location anchoring like say I could uh, place a air tag let, let's call it an air tag marker instead of it being for device like safety like uh, whether or not you lose it let's call it um, an uh, augmented reality marker where you put it in your room somewhere so whenever you're wearing the vision pro headset you assign a um, app to it so that a little radio is sitting on top of that in 3d space and you can walk over to it and interact with it when you're wearing the vision pro and that's always wherever that air tag is you can pick up the air tag and therefore you pick up the radio like there there's ways you can do this and uh, be clever about it and i think that's what apple's thinking about here and that's why ming chi kuo who's seeing the supply side of things might be getting some wires crossed it'll be interesting to see their implementation I'm afraid I just cannot get out of my head the idea of AirTag earrings. Because <laughs> th there are people, um, I don't know how they do it, that have kind of distended lobes and have inserted yeah. things into it, or Gaging. giant holes. They just increasingly add new, larger and heavier things to their ears until they get bigger. It's 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 very much a fashion trend. <laughs> okay, I feel slightly queasy of course. about the thoughts. Well, I, I wanted but, to bring yeah. up something before we move too far past it. You mentioned Apple AI, and I wanted to point out, I wrote an entire, what we call an inside page. It's kind of our um, mm. internal Wikipedia kind of thing that we maintain about everything about Apple. And uh, you can find it in the show notes. But um, Apple AI very much exists. I hate the words uh, that I'm saying. AI is uh, the incorrect term, but the industry has landed on it for some reason. But um, Apple's machine learning protocols, everything they've been working on, has been very openly public. Apple's machine learning. Yeah. Or if you st stay with me, if you remember this, William, uh, the keyboard on the first iPhone used machine learning to predict where the person's finger was going to go because uh, your thumbs were so large that you would just mash six different keys at the same time. But the algorithm would determine what key you meant to press based on what you were typing. That's how far back Apple's machine learning goes. And it goes even before that into the Macs, but I'm too young to know anything about that, so I'm leaning on the iPhone. Yeah, you, you kind of trumped me there. The best I can do is I, I found a quote from Tim Cook from 2016 <laughs> in which he enthuses... Well, actually, he explicitly enthused about artificial intelligence. He did that mention term that. For it. Uh, it. Shut up about it since. It's all in machine learning since. But, it's a, again, okay. it's Apple's um, method. They, they try to avoid industry terms because they don't want to be associated with the rest of the industry. They want to be separated and seen as mm. above. And that's why they won't say 
VR when they're talking about their headset, just like they won't say AI when they're talking about machine learning because they want to be separated from that, which is smart. It's a marketing thing, but... Yeah, it works. Oh, well, I like that one. I don't like it. I, I can't remember when it was, but you suddenly noticed with the release of a new, I think it might even be back in the PowerBook days, they started talking about it being so many millimeters thin right. instead of thick. It's like, oh, Trying to be right, clever. enough. Yeah, uh, a little bit. So it's interesting to, to, to talk about this because we've seen a few reports uh, from industry heads that should know better. I think, again, this goes back to, sadly, the... Um, position media is in on the internet needing to be slightly sensational i don't really believe that apple is behind on ai and uh because machine learning uh, just computer-based intelligence is is the more proper term but like computers that you can teach to do things based on things that they've learned um i don't think apple's behind on that because they've proven time and time again from like i said the keyboard on the original iphone having to learn typing and that's always been there and the algorithms improved over time uh, Siri is a machine learning algorithm that has been built on the Siri intelligence that runs everything on your device from calendar recommendations to app recommendations on the lock screen and in search. All of that is machine learning and it's all on device and it's all private. And on top of all of that, Apple has one of the industry leading people in this space, uh, John Ganandrea. I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he is their AI lead, and spe- he, it's one of the few places on Apple's website you will find the term AI um, because he is an industry expert in it, and they actually poached him from Google, I believe, when he came over, and he's been there for years, I think since 2016 or so. And so all of this doesn't tell me Apple is behind. If anything, it's the usual Apple thing of they're building a product in secret and they'll put it out like the... I know you've accidentally installed the betas on a few things. What do you think of this new Transformer model autocorrect? Oh, actually, I'm really surprised how much I like it. Uh, it took a while for me to really notice a difference because it was obviously learning things. And now it's still only predicting, uh, autocorrecting and then predicting a couple of words ahead. But I truly believed it would be the most distracting thing ever. And instead, no, it's just speeding up everything. It helps and it keeps me from spelling mistakes a lot uh, because there's a lot of tricky words out there. And um, I try to be too clever with my wording sometimes. And it's like, no, no, this is this is how you say what you're trying to say here. And it's definitely been useful. And I like that you can just hit space and continue Um, every now and then it tries to mess up like you'll you'll be typing and you're on something that doesn't need a period. But it so it thinks it needs to continue, and then you hit space, and then it adds whatever words it thinks needs to go there, and it, you, you didn't intend on adding anything else. There, there's a couple little spots where it needs improvement, but I really like it so far. But that is just a taste of Apple's work in this field, and I think Ming-Chi Kuo and Bloomberg are both wrong about this, because what Bloomberg is saying is there's an app coming out, I don't know what that app would be in 2024. And and Quo is saying that that's delayed. Well, I think they're both wrong. There's no app. Uh, It's just a set of features. Apple might be, you know, compartmentalizing all those features within an app internally and calling it whatever chat or whatever name it is. And um, I think that is being pulled out and piece together into different features across the operating system i don't believe we'll ever see an apple chatbot i don't think we're going to see a specific quote-unquote ai gpt style app i think it's just going to be implemented across the system and improving things specifically we should see something with siri soon i think but um 
I don't think it's going to be one major rollout, and I think Apple's going to do their usual thing and try not to even mention it as a major rollout. Yeah. They're just going to say, here's this feature, and it's very nice. <laughs> I I think we're thinking the same thing here with ChatGPT and all the rest. It seemed to me, look, here's a thing, and what can we do with it? Whereas Apple will come out with, here's a thing you can do, and it is made by this tool. They will focus mm-hmm. on the use rather than the technology for it. It, it, it goes back I, to my like analogy, and I know I'm talking a lot. I'll, I'll let you speak. <laughs> speak. Um, it, it goes back to my analogy of um, inventing the wheel and then using it as a table, right? You, you've om- you're almost there, <laughs> right? You're almost there, but you're using it for the wrong thing. It happened with cryptocurrency and NFTs. It happened with the GPTs. I don't believe chatbots are a future. I, I honestly think they're kind of moronic. Um, but the tools that built that the advanced large language models or or for crypto the decentralization of information or nfts being able to uh basically digitally copyright something and trace its ownership like all of those tools are amazing and will be useful when they're implemented in other technologies them by themselves is like getting handed a bunch of lego bricks that don't stick together it, it just it doesn't make sense and it's just aggravating and I, I i like the table analogy best just because again it's like we're we're inventing something and using it for the wrong purpose and i think apple is doing the right thing here and not coming out with the gimmicky chatbot but they're actually using it to help users every day and the autocorrect honestly does help me every day so good on them <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Babbel. ¿Le está gustando mi podcast? If you didn't know, I was speaking Spanish just then, and I said, are you liking my podcast? And with Babbel, you can learn many different languages like French, Italian, Polish, German, Portuguese, Russian, Dutch, and more. And Babbel is the second best way to learn another language. And we say second best because we know the first way, the best way to learn a language is through immersion, going to the country, living where the language is spoken, and being around people having constant conversations, but that's not possible for everyone is difficult. So the second best way and the one you should try today, that's a good rhyme right there, is Babbel. That's B-A-B-B-E-L because you could start speaking a new language in just three weeks. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, you can check it off the list this summer with Babbel. If you have travel plans, maybe you're going to a different country like I did earlier this summer. I wish I actually could have spoken more of the language locally when dealing with street vendors or even at a restaurant. It'd just be so nice to speak that language. And instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And one of the features I love about Babbel is it will actually help you with your accent, your pronunciation of the words. So as you speak the language back to the app, it can tell you how you did with that accent and then advise you to actually sound like the native language, which is just so important. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. So here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now, get 55, that's 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for Apple Insider listeners at babbel.com slash Apple Insider. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash Apple Insider, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Apple Insider. Rules and restrictions apply. You can click that link in the show notes. Our thanks to Babbel for sponsoring this episode. This episode is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Listen, this summer you could spend thousands of dollars on planes, hotels, and tourist traps, or spend less money on a beautiful garden that will give you years of pleasure. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you can make your backyard or even your apartment with some of their potted plants just an oasis that you just love to look at and be around. 
And listen, the worst part about buying plants and trees locally at a hardware store, you got to go drive out there, drag it off wherever it is off the lot, put it in your car. Now there's dirt everywhere in the car. It's never a good experience. Well, don't do that. Don't wait in lines anymore. You don't have to haul those heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. No green thumb, no problem. Fast Growing Trees experts are just a Zoom chat or phone call away. Always available and eager to help. They can even walk you through the entire garden to help you solve problems you're having with your plants and trees. I like getting the whole family together and we will order stuff off fast growing trees. We'll do fruit trees like the persimmon trees or there's even like a peanut butter fruit tree. And we can all order it together. It comes in, we plant it. One time I actually did a Carolina Reaper bush and then we had that pepper, cut it up, put it in some fajitas and it was just wonderful. And with the fast growing trees 30 day alive and thrive guarantee, you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. So join almost 2 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Apple Insider now to get 15% off your entire order. That's 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Apple Insider. And that link is in the show notes as well. Our thanks to Fast Growing Trees for sponsoring this episode. So, Wes, all right, in the last few minutes, uh, not that I'm cross-examining you here or taking notes here, but I am conscious of the fact you mentioned Siri. You also referred to being uh, too young for something, or was it too old? I lost track now, but age-related comment there. Um, This week, as we record this, we know for a fact that Apple has at least looked at Siri learning how to lip-read. Now, the moment I read that, Mm -hmm. I thought of something did it come into your head as well, or are you just staring at me blankly? No, I, I, I love 2001. I, I really enjoy that movie. Right. You probably saw it on your iPhone, whereas I saw it in the cinema. I watched it on a television, that, but... but, you know, I don't, I don't watch movies on a phone. That's crazy. I can't do that. Well, I have, um, but perhaps they, they, I'm not traveling enough to do that. If I was on a bus, yes, I would watch something on my iPhone or iPad, but that's just not a situation I find myself in very often. <laughs> It's a funny world, isn't it? I actually very clearly remember um, when mobile phones, as we call them here, came out, you would be on the bus and you wouldn't use one because um, it just everybody around you would think bad if, things. There were jokes about it. If you'd like stuff. to, uh, yeah, I understand what you're leading to. No, if you, if you want me to date myself, William, I'll, I will tell you my experience with traveling with technology. Let's see. Okay, um, yeah. I would be getting on the school bus to go to high school and I would pull out my iPod Nano, um, I believe the fourth generation, and play Brick Breaker while listening to Lincoln Park um, on this on the school bus. So, uh, if, if anyone can guess about the year I graduated, you would be correct. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 not I'm not been around very long. Sorry. <laughs> okay, no need to apologize, but I feel we've learned quite a lot about you in just that short description. But Siri, lip reading. 2001. I looked at this and I, if you don't know 2001, it's it's an excellent moment in it when you realize the computer is lip reading people who are trying to hide from it. Scary. Let, let, very me, let me point out Great. something for the people on here who have no idea what we're talking about. If you've never watched okay. 2001 A Space Odyssey, I will tell you, um, especially if you haven't seen it and you're definitely younger than me, um, you're going to be bored to death probably because the pacing is not built for today. I'm sorry. It's just true. It's it, the pacing is not built for today. I love it for, I, I don't get bored by it, but I understand that younger audiences would be bored by it, but stick through it because I guarantee you every single thing that has ever been referenced in cinema comes from this movie. <laughs> 
Wow. Like, uh, like well, from from the opening tones, right? The deep the deep bass tones to the the uh, just the the slow revealing of a thing floating in space to like literally the first five minutes of the film has been referenced in everything. <laughs> I mean, I, there's even a, a moment I believe in Rugrats that references 2001: A Space Odyssey, and that is a children's <laughs> cartoon, right? Um, yes. It's it's uh, Futurama has an entire episode mimicking 2001: A Space Odyssey. You've seen this movie and don't even realize it go if, right. so if you haven't seen it go watch it and you'll realize wow that's where that's from that's where that's from over and over again until the end of the until the credits roll because really it has been heavily parodied that came out when was it uh william 1968, 1968. yes the year before yes. we even made it to the moon we had a movie yes. about traveling space i find that fascinating i love it yeah i was just gonna say it's a bit up itself but i suppose slow is another part of it i just remember from the writing side it's one of the most ridiculously expensive <laughs> films to have written ever because arthur c clark wrote a novel version while they were making the film and he would throw away chapters after they'd seen the filmed version and say they didn't like it and then they'd throw away the film bits to match the next bit he wrote in the book which is i mean that's close to how mission impossible works with no real script just a lot of money Action and time yes yeah but then clark such a schoolboy, couldn't resist this. He published every single version of every single rejected uh, section of the novel that wasn't after the film that was. And you read this and you think, you know why Stanley Kubrick didn't like that bit. I don't like that bit either. Uh, the Lost mm -hmm. Worlds of 2001. Not Arthur C. Clarke's most tedious book, but up there on the list. I None of which is helping us with the thing of, is Siri going to be liberating us, an, and why is this bad? No, I, I think it's an incredible accessibility uh, standpoint. I think um, that will help, because we already have uh, FaceTime audio transcriptions, but imagine if there's an algorithm transposing the transcript against the lip-reading to make sure that it's getting absolutely every word correct um, for That's for FaceTime calls. I, I, so I, I, I believe mm. like that on top of the... Everything points to the future of Apple's spatial computing platform. Um, this one specifically, imagine you're someone who is hard of hearing or has lost their hearing, and you wear a set of Apple's futuristic Apple glasses, we call them, um, and Siri is able to give you a transcription of what someone is saying right in front of you just by looking at them. I should point out, we got all this from a patent application, and Apple files literally thousands of patents every year and lots of them don't get accepted or granted or whatever and even when they do it doesn't necessarily become a product but in this case i'm reading through it and there's actually quite an almost almost dull reason beyond all those things you just said which actually i hadn't thought of but in there there's also the fact that um motion detection can work out when you've opened your mouth or moved your head and it can figure out that you've probably just said hey iris I find that I find that interesting, if only because uh, so far Apple hasn't given us any way for Siri to see us in a room, and I, I wonder, other than your phone, maybe or your or your iPad camera or something like that. So, so yes, maybe for the devices detecting that you've said the wake word, but um, I wonder. I'm afraid, yeah, it's even duller than you think. 
the whole purpose appears to be. I mean, it's a typical patent. Uh, Apple course. lists a thing and how to do it, and then it tries to cover everything and actually didn't cover what you've just said, and it must cover that sort of thing. In this case, it was motion detection that detects you've opened your gob mm-hmm. is requires less power on the device than a microphone that's on all the time listening for you to say the trigger word for it. So it can save battery power. What I'm thinking is that's... Okay, uh, the patent actually has little graphs showing the what the motion detection might be like if someone said, hey, Iris or whatever, or next track. But when it gets into more obscure things like, hey, Iris, open the pod bay doors and all that, it can't possibly work. So I think it must be that it can only work if it can recognise quickly enough that you're talking to it and can then fire up the microphones. Uh, but that could mean... Yeah, but much longer lasting battery life. It sure. could mean all sorts of things. So I, a, I wonder. It feels like a really clever way around. William, if Apple came out with an always-on camera that you put in your living room so it could watch your face and see when you were going to access uh, Siri, what would you would you install that in your home? Not one single possible chance. <laughs> um, there's a TV set now that you can buy for free which comes with a thing underneath and it does that it watches your face and no then we have a tv show here in the uk oh yeah i bet it detects that though somehow and does something about it like switches you to goggle box all the time (laughs) which is a uk show i don't know if it's traveled to the states but it the whole show is you watching people watching television and talking over it and it's i actually know somebody who worked on one of these shows and I can't tell her that I could not possibly look at that. I just can't. Yeah, that sounds it's worse than the share play. You know, you're watching a film and there's your friend around the world picking their nose, eating some popcorn or something. Or, you know, you're, you're trying to concentrate. No, stop it. Now, no. I, I will say, William, the, the this is a good place to slip this one in. The new FaceTime feature for Apple TV, I think, is interesting because mm. I wouldn't watch a movie because I'm already tired enough of people... Um, talking during a film <laughs> i if it goes on long yeah. enough i will literally pause the film i'm one of those people and say look <laughs> we are watching a movie i want to hear their words not your words um and yes. then everyone will just glare at me until i shut up but uh no i, I think the facetime thing is re- really interesting because i like the idea of i have friends um outside of my local area that you know we're all fans of like you know video games and such i could imagine getting them on a FaceTime call and putting up the latest PlayStation announcement or Nintendo announcement and watching it with them over SharePlay and having their faces on the screen so we can we can all literally see each other reacting. Uh, center stage is mm-hmm. active. It's zoomed in on my face. There's no awkward angles. It works so well. I want. Have you uh, got a beta on an Apple TV yet, William? No, that's a shared Apple TV. I wouldn't want it to break down in the middle of Gogglebox or something. <laughs> so, no, I haven't braved it with that. But also, I like the idea of calls over it, yes. if we are both elected to talk, but uh, share play stuff. I, I like the feature so much that I went and bought a stand specifically that is now um, mounted underneath the TV. So whenever I want to use the FaceTime feature on the Apple TV, I can lift it up. It's like it folds down, so it's kind of invisible when it's not in use. Uh, yeah. I lift it up and stick the phone to the magnet, and it's in the proper position. Center stages me on the couch. You know, if my girlfriend comes and sits next to me, it zooms out to see her. But it is the perfect experience, and uh, I, I really like how they've done this. And again, it's one of those features where I remember 
leading up to this, people were talking about how would Apple do FaceTime on the TV? Are they going to introduce a webcam that you attach to it? Are they going to come out with an Apple TV with a camera in it? None of that made any sense. No. And, and for some reason, I'd never heard someone mention, why not use continuity camera? And then they announced it on stage and it's like, of course it's continuity camera. Yeah. That makes sense. That It is ridiculous how often Apple is uh, late to something and then they just do it the way it should have been done all along and everybody switches to it. But I remember that right back in the days of the when the keyboard on a laptop was always at the front and Apple put it at the back. No manufacturer ever put it at the front again after them because it was the right thing to do. I, I, I don't know why I want to tell you, but... Oh, before we move on from movies, I wanted to say you mentioned Mission Impossible. Go watch mm. the making of the stunt from the latest movie, the the one with the the big mountain thing. Just go go watch that yeah. video. It's like eleven minutes long. I I like that better than the movie. That like because he, <gasps> he had to. I never yeah. watched the movie, but I, and that's why I'm saying honestly, I I don't need to see the movie. I've seen the stunt and how they did it, and that that I, I'm not even going to watch the movie at this point. But he, because okay. Tom Cruise, this like. I don't know. It, it, it's baffling to me when I see his age because he still does his own stunts. Um, he's like 58, I believe, or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, he still does his own stunts. And there's this scene in the movie where he, he has to go down a, a large ramp and launch into a canyon that is not computer generated. That is not a stunt double. That is Tom Cruise literally driving a real motorcycle over the edge of a very large cliff and then paragliding down to safety. And uh, they had to destroy so, <laughs> so many motorcycles yes. trying to get this right. They did so many takes of it. And it's just, yeah, go watch the video of the making of that stunt. And it's it's on YouTube somewhere. But anyway. <laughs> well, A, you need to see the film. It's not as good as the previous ones, but I'll, it has I'll watch a lot of great it. moments. The, because there isn't a ramp in the final film. No, okay? it's just a mountain. Just to spoil that. It's a mounting and it's very well done. But also, B, the thing that just gives me pause is when I watched that same making of, I learned that, yes, there is Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt riding a motorbike off the side of the cliff. And when they filmed it, they did not know why Ethan Hunt would be riding a bike off right. the head of a cliff. No, they write the script so, around the stunts. Did you, did you? I know you know this. You read the scripts of everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, the first couple of missions, uh, they were written first, um, including number two, which is just dreadful but after that it's just yes it is compiled for it they draft it in camera practically the most expensive stunt ever performed in cinema history yeah i could well believe that Mm -hmm. also the most one of the most one of the most expensive films at 300 million dollars because of all the delays and things but But of course we are uh, not cinema insider No, so I won't mention that the uh, train sequence at the end originally came in at an hour and a half and is now 50 minutes in the film. That's some editing going on there. And let's bring it back. Oh, well, I can bring this back. Mission Impossible, uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1 was edited on a MacBook Pro. I can't believe the entire film, everywhere the editor went, was on his MacBook Pro with this massive external hard drive. Look at that. Every, right. You were the right. 18 Wheeler comes car- back to Apple. The 18-wheeler carrying the server farm needed to edit that film connected to a MacBook Pro over one Thunderbolt cable. Yeah, It was in his bag. Can you believe <laughs> how far we have come with this? Uh, okay, hang on. No, let's, we've got to talk really serious stuff here. Uh, yes, Apple, impressive. Apple is everywhere. But the EU is saying no. Apple enough because because of the eu apple is going to have to fit batteries that you can pull out or is it not is this one you know about um all i know is i saw a statement 
basically from Apple saying we're never going to do this. Um, and ju- just like with uh, Apple saying they, you know, they're not going to de-encrypt FaceTime and iMessage, they'd rather pull it from the system. Um, they're basically yeah. saying the same thing here. It, it, we're not going to create a door because it's going to ruin water integrity, tightness, and stuff like that. Um, the EU says a portable battery should be considered to be removable by the end user when it can be removed with the use of commercially available tools and without requiring the use of specialized tools unless they are approved or provided free of charge. So basically, mm-hmm. Apple would have to give their uh, very expensive um, repair program parts away for free or make a door in their iPhone. And I guess which of the two they would pick there, William? Okay, give me a minute. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. But uh, EU could fine them over things. And of course, actually, that brings to mind that uh, Russia decided to fine uh, but actually, this is a this is a spoiler. I thought on the part of Russia, which is obviously you know not doing anything else at the moment. There's Apple trying to earn a crust, and this week Russia said no. We're going to fine you four thousand two hundred dollars for something to do with something else for it. Um, do you think that you and I could just decide to fine Apple? I mean, a number that Apple? low. There, there's there's ways that these things go down and and a number that low almost seems desperate just they want to be noticed or seen and apple will obviously just pay this and it, what we yeah. we determined earlier that it's about a second and a half or two seconds of apple's profit yes, uh, yes. I, I i love bringing this up on the podcast please just go to the website for uh, iphone every second or I, I can't remember what it's called but it's it's something along those lines you can search it easily but there's a website that that if you once you get there it'll show you how many iphones have just been sold how many macs have just been sold and in, in, in the last few minutes and as long as that page is open it'll continue counting up with time and it's very amusing but it's very the counter is very quick for iphones but um yeah i i don't understand russia's deal here but of course i think nobody rush understands russia's deal in the world in general right now so it's it's all very confusing okay Tell you what, I can't disagree with that, but you put this in my head because I think you are the man who can undo a confusion for me. There was an auction this week. I understand what auctions are. I looked at this one and I couldn't work out if it was over. I couldn't work out how it was happening. But you do. You understand um, the rally auction of an iPod, an original iPod. Uh, can you, did it sell? Can you explain this? So Why am I confused? All right, so from what I could pull from the scraps of information they have laying around, um, this is a museum-slash-trading company rally uh, that's stationed out of Manhattan, and customers have to be, like, granted access. I think they have to pull up a certain amount of money, and then they get to buy shares of the museum articles, basically, uh, at a certain value, and then people who want to bid on those items will basically raise the value of that share price. And then if that item is bought from the museum, the shareholders get a take of that and earn money on the shares that they've bought of each item. Uh, it's very convoluted. Apparently it works. I don't know. But um, this iPod is interesting because it's changed hands a few times. I I, I, I didn't... I normally don't do this, but I, I was really wondering about this one because it's a sealed iPod in a box, the original iPod, and um, the person telling us about it uh, kind of gave us a little bit of the backstory, so I went and looked further. This iPod sat on a shelf 
it, like it was given to someone as a Christmas present. And in 2001, minutes after this Apple store opened for the first time, someone went and bought the first iPod there, gave it to someone as a Christmas present. And that person immediately turned around and put it on a shelf and never touched it again for about 12 years. Then it was wow. taken and uh, sold on eBay for, I, I believe, I, it's it's all in the piece, I, I believe $20,000. Let me Let me pull it up. Yes, twenty thousand dollars in twenty fourteen. Uh, then it was sold to the auction house RR Auction uh, for twenty five thousand dollars in twenty eighteen, and then since then it went through eBay's hands four more times. Basically, sold low eighteen grand, then twenty grand, then twenty two grand, and now now it's at rally, and they've they've purchased it for some sum and put it up for a uh, sale bidding sale, and what's happened is. Um, Instead of people going in and buying the shares to get value out of this object, a, a anonymous person has stepped in and said, no, I want the whole thing, and has opted to buy all of the shares of this iPod, basically buying ownership so they can take the iPod away from Rally. They're purchasing it um, for $29,000. And um, what we see on the website right now as we talk, which uh, has probably ended by the time you've heard this on the podcast, if you go, if you went there right now, it shows it is being um, settled on a buyout offer, and I just clicked on the link, and it says buyout offer approved. So, it turns out this person has actually, in fact, purchased the iPod for twenty nine thousand dollars. Previously, it was pending because all of the shareholders of this iPod had to vote yes or no on whether or not they were going to actually sell it for that much money. Which honestly would be silly if they didn't. Uh, they were all keen to make a bunch of money. Um, but yes, I, I find it, uh, it's just a very interesting website. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here scrolling through, there's a $175,000, uh, Charizard Pokemon card. Um, there's a 19, Ooh, I'm going to have to throw this at, at Mike. There is a, uh, 1976 Apple one signed by Wozniak currently, uh, selling for $9 and 50 cents a share at $313,000. So very interesting, but yeah, I don't know why you'd want to buy shares in an in an object, but apparently it works, and people are out here making money. I'm I have decided that the person who bought it is the person who bought it originally and gave it as a gift, and is now going to ram it down that giftee's <laughs> uh, face and say, "Look, something." Can, yeah, can you imagine just being so uninterested in a, in a product that has like that it sits on a shelf for twelve years, not. A, all the way through even Steve Jobs' death, like maybe they just forgot it was there. Maybe the person died and the and the children went and like excavated it from a closet. I don't know, but like imagine sitting on something like that for so long just by sheer accident, and then oh, here's this device, here's this Christmas present I just didn't care about and threw in a closet, and now it's worth twenty nine thousand dollars. That's crazy to me. I did buy a drone when I was in Alaska about three months ago, and I still haven't taken it out of the box because I've had time to try anything with it. Uh, if I leave that just a little bit longer, I might be in the same position. I could be quids in in 30 years or, or, or something. So yeah, I have a question for you, William, based on this topic, because as fascinating as it is that someone has that amount of money to spend on an unopened iPod that has a gigantic, what is that called, firewire connector in the bottom of it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, okay. It's just sorry. Why? 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 Just donate your money to a food bank. That's this seems so wasteful. But anyway, um, I wanted to ask you: 
Are you um, buying two of every Apple product and keeping a sealed one in your basement just as equ- just for equity purposes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> At least two. As long as one of them is blue, I feel like, you know, that's going to last, obviously. I wonder how many people uh, bought the Trash Can Mac Pro and was like, I'm going to keep one of these in a box just in case it increases in value. Yeah, I wish she really did fancy that Trash Can. Oh, I, I think it's beautiful. It's just an awful piece of technology. Um the I I just find it interesting. I, I saw I bring it up because I saw uh, somebody I can't remember, maybe Craig Hockenberry of Twitter fame, but um, one of these internet people that I follow <laughs> went and picked up. I, I'm sure it was like a Craigslist listing or something like that. Um, if, if you're aware of Craigslist, uh, mm-hmm. free Mac Pro, come get it pick up please and he just went and picked it up and it was a trash can mac pro with like four gigs of ram <laughs> just ready to go um I, I i found that interesting like we've gotten to the point where people are just giving them away oh but actually funny we should mention this now because uh august the 7th uh so next monday uh, is what anniversary is that of the very very first mac pro 2006 wasn't it the cheese grater mac pro we have a feature coming out on apple insider about it which goes into the history of that beloved machine and it's somewhat less successful sequels see i i always enjoy your your historical pieces william i i imagine you as a modern day indiana jones going out here and just resting uh, old mac history from the hands of evil nazi empires and putting it on apple insider for us to read well that's what i've been going for really <laughs> although um, thank you for picking that in the week we learned that disney is likely to have lost a billion dollars over indiana jones five and a couple of other films i still blame indiana jones four i didn't go to five because four was so bad and how long ago I, was that i think you're four right is mm. the problem with five yes Yes, yes. Still, um, you're right. This isn't Cinema Insider. This is uh, what well, Apple Insider, obviously, but also because I know this is something you know, and I really, really don't. Kind of Apple Games Insidery things, isn't there? Thing about yeah, something something's going on with games somewhere. There's a couple of yeah. game things we can talk about. Um, I wanted to bring up um, Hello Kitty Island Adventure. <laughs> Yes, I find it. No, I, I'm never going to play it. But I think Hello Kitty, Kitty is so sweet an idea. Isn't this character described as being six apples tall or something? And I just, it's so cute. Um, Such there's a, a lot thing. of oddities. Um, if you've never interacted with Sanrio, just go spend an afternoon diving into Sanrio. Uh, it's the company that that right. produces Hello I, Kitty. Oh, okay. They have a lot of very interesting characters and the descriptions for them uh like there's uh rilakuma which is a bear with a zipper in his back but no but no one's ever unzipped that zipper they don't know if he's actually a bear or if there's someone inside of the bear operating it like that's the kind of descriptions they have for these characters um hello kitty is actually described as an eight-year-old human girl (laughs) uh so like it's again it's very japanese but i wanted to bring up hello kitty island adventure because i find it so funny that the most popular episode of South Park of all time, the World of Warcraft episode, referenced this game. Um, I believe, oh gosh, I, I'm going to make up a number. I think it's like, in, it's 2000s, maybe 2006 is when that episode came out, um, where they were making fun of a character named Butters for playing a game called Hello Kitty Island Adventure instead of World of Warcraft. And this game didn't exist. They just made up a name. And of all the names they could have chosen, 
Sanrio chose Hello Kitty Island Adventure. And I wanted to point out that a journalist went and asked them if they had any affiliation with South Park. And they had to get an official statement from Sanrio, the cutest little Japanese characters of all time, saying, we are not affiliated with Comedy Central South Park. (laughs) I just find that very funny. Oh, bless. Yes. Still not going to play any of the games, but I like that. The game is cute. It is not what we thought it was going to be. It's not Animal Crossing, but it's... uh, Good little time waster if you like cute things. Um, and moving on from that, I had a couple more game gaming news. Uh, the iPad has the ability to um, attach external webcams, but turns out we've we've learned that that same thing that talks to uh, webcams talks to anything over a specific input connection. Um, I didn't know this, mm. but apparently a webcam is basically feeding video to the mac which saying it out loud makes sense but it's feeding a video Mm. feed to the mac and the mac treats whatever video input as a webcam so we've learned that if you use a video capture card which is basically a a fancy way of saying a microchip and an hdmi port (laughs) that connects to a usb port if you use this to connect to an ipad and then plug something into that hdmi port it will show up within as within specific apps on the iPad as a quote-unquote webcam. Uh, doing this, I, we we have a little article here about using the Nintendo Switch on the iPad and having that tiny 7-inch display blown up to a 12.9-inch display on our iPad Pro, and it is the perfect little portable uh, gaming display. Oh, I see. I could not see the purpose of it, but yeah, that makes sense. And it, it, no, okay. it, there's so much Good. utility here. I want to build a rig where I can slide my iPad in and plug in a cable and it's just working, right? Um, mm. Because right now it is kind of a cabling nightmare. Uh, you're, you're running a cable, you're running power, the switch needs power, This, you know, there's a lot going on, but there's a way to do this elegantly, and I'm, I'm waiting for third parties to step in. But um, it's not just a switch. Anything with an HDMI. I connected an Apple TV to this thing, a PlayStation 5. It all works. Um, And what's interesting is the whole operating system is still there. And that's what's cool about this. This isn't just some dumb monitor. Because there's a huge market for portable 14, 16-inch monitors that you just plug in. Um, You can go into Stage Manager and have a Safari window open with tips on how to play this game. Or have a a quick note... (laughs) You can just slide up from the corner and have a quick note and say, this thing is here on this location on this game. Go back and check that out later when you have this equipment or whatever, right? Like, it's really a neat concept, and uh, I, I want to explore it more as, as we get more apps that support it. Because right now, the only app that supports it is a, a test flight application, which I'm sure is full now that we've written about it. Um, but, like, if you open it in FaceTime, it's there. It's just kind of broken. Don't try to use it in FaceTime. You need a dedicated app for this, but... In the future, we could see like Twitch. You could literally use your iPad as a Twitch streaming device. Uh, there's there's just a lot of applications here that I think haven't been unlocked because we are still in the iOS beta. So I find that very fun. Want everyone to go and try that out if you have the equipment. The card, the uh, the dongle that you're going to need to do this is the cheapest one. You get is fifteen bucks and it displays at full HD, which is all the Switch can output anyway. So if you want to give it a try, it's a cheap buy-in. Well, listen, I, I'm a heavy gamer. I mean, Sudoku every day. Of course. Uh, do you think I'll see a, a benefit from that and maybe chess or or something? That that you think it's worth pursuing? It, it's funny you mentioned Sudoku because um, I wonder if Apple will ever get to that. But uh, Well, there are Sudoku games in Apple Arcade, so there you go. Uh, there's a tie-in to our conversation. But uh, I want to reiterate that the um, Apple News uh, Plus 
crosswords, they're excellent. I've been doing the mini ones. They all take about a minute and a half if you figure out the puzzle quick oh, enough. Oh, right. I, yeah. Um, they're so fun. I I may not be on the correct beta for that then because uh, last time I looked, I didn't have it. Might be uh, US where, only because, in... of course, everything's uh, US only. Of course it is. Yes, I didn't think of that. Oh, nuts. I was looking forward to that. So go to Apple News and you just go basically to where the, 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 si- the sidebar menu is, just the selector, and there should be a puzzles icon. Oh, there isn't. So you'll see today, News Plus, Sports, shared with you. There should be a puzzles icon on that menu. No. Oh. Well, well that's true in my day. I, 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 yeah. It, it was funny to me, though, uh, because today I was scrolling Apple News and uh, they pop up like news items and it's like today's crossword can you figure out this this particular row and it's uh, here's the and it's like here's the row and (laughs) organization that organizes strikes and it's five letters can you guess what it is and i said is the writers for the puzzles trying to send apple a message Mm. Mm. (laughs) about unions yes um Anyway, I wanted to drop one last thing before we before we go because I know I, I, no, I'm not just gonna. I'm just. I want to go grieve for the inability to play crosswords and also <laughs> just strikes. Very depressing. But cheer me up. I think is, is this going to be game? Are you going to make me happy? No, oh, no, well, no. Then, this this is this is fun. We have um, official well unofficial official wallpapers that we've adopted from someone who's made them for us very graciously, named Basic Apple Guy. Go follow him on all the things. He's the basic Apple guy on Instagram and threads, basic Apple guy on Twitter, Mastodon. You can find him pretty easily. He has a coffee cup with the Apple rainbow (laughs) on it. But anyway, he designed us a couple of very nice wallpapers. You might have seen one floating around in the iPhone 14 Pro uh, review. Uh, There's a new one that is uh, more all black themed with all kinds of Apple devices floating around it. And it's uh, they're very clever. I uh, have them for my work focus pop up on my lock screen and my home screen. Go and click. Don't use the images that are showing you them. Go click the link and that'll open up a full size version you can save to your photos app to use. Uh, But yes, we'll have a link to the wallpapers in our show notes. Right. Well, games, Stitch, Dengi, Sudoku, News, Crosswords, everything and a lot of cinema. Uh, Yeah. When can we get Stephen back? Um, Wes, thank you to you. Thank you also to Babel and Fast Growing Trees, of course. And Stephen will be back next week. We'll be all under adult supervision and we'll see whether Apple has recovered from its terrible, terrible, completely fine earnings this year.